From Strongsville, Ohio, the pastor of the Strongsville Christian Church, Pastor Joseph Kalini. Well, first, we're going to see what is being taught in the community of science with doctors. And yet another study that should be noted here further provided evidence that prolonged fasting could be beneficial for stem cell regeneration. This study was conducted on mice, but this leads to a call for human studies as well. A diet that mimicked prolonged fasting was introduced to the mice. An elevation in stem cell quantity, function, and regeneration was noted. This led to a reduced incidence of skin lesions and cancer, a reduction in visceral fat, and a rejuvenation of the immune system in the study subjects. So let me just take a step back. So religions have been touting the benefits of fasting for your soul for millennia, right? But doctors actually for about 100 years have known that it was good for mental health, it was good for weight loss, it was good for if you're a diabetic, uh, good for intestinal issues, all those things. And actually it's chronicle. So one of the things that I wanted to pause, if you heard what Dr. Oz said, not that I put my stamp of approval on everything Dr. Oz says, but I'm just isolating this one part because I heard multiple doctors say it. We just don't have time to quote a thousand doctors in a hour class. But multiple doctors were saying that fasting is good for those that are diabetic, that it improves or reduces or cancels out even uh, diabetes. And one of the reasons that they were saying that is because of the stem cells that are induced as a result of fasting. Um, I don't believe it. I have it on here. But what I noticed, uh, multiple people were saying that if you can fast for three full days in a row, that that third day that you fast, your body will naturally release uh, stem cell regeneration, which heals your body. And there are a lot of medical procedures taking place right now where people are being injected with stem cells to heal different aspects of their body right now. But God set it up where if we fast for free, for three days in a row, your body organically naturally releases stem cells. It triggers it. I think they said there was another uh, other things that trigger it. They believe was um, a real extreme cold. It triggers it. Extreme hot, and then fasting, or they're saying it shocks the body. And exercise, they said as well too. Exercise uh, triggers uh, this reaction uh, where your body goes into a ketosis state where it starts to heal itself, but also releasing. Um, these stem cells. And again, I'm not saying that. I'm repeating what other doctors are saying. Beautifully. Dr. Krupen, head of our medical unit, wrote a great book, What to Eat When, which has been the foundation of what we've been talking about on the show this year. And it's all about these issues. Now, Emerging research also suggests that the use of an appropriate fasting technique may be a key to enhancing stem cell regeneration in the human body. In a study led by scientists, at the University of Southern California, scientists found that a prolonged fasting technique could be useful in promoting the regeneration of hematopoietic stem cells. You're tricking your body to go from ketosis to normal use of sugar, back to ketosis. So the body wants to use sugar, but if you only use sugar, you get fat and your brain doesn't work so well and your body begins to fall apart. If you could half the time be in a moment where your body can just sort of zero out, reset, your hormones calm down, then it works. Stem cells form an important part of the human body and are found in different types of tissues. 
There are also various kinds of these cells in the body, and they are present since the development of an embryo. The four primary stem cells that have been identified to date include embryonic stem cells, adult stem cells, fetal stem cells, and pluripotent stem cells, often referred to as HIPSCs. There are further classifications of these cells as well, such as neural stem cells and cardiac myocytes. It is well known that stem cells play a role in tissue repair and regeneration, as well as in diseases like type 1 diabetes, cardiac diseases, and even neurodegenerative diseases. While research is still in progress to provide further details on the potential benefits of stem cells, improvements in stem cell regeneration are surely thought to hold various advantages for the human body. These particular stem cells are known to play a crucial role in immune function, assist in resistance to stress in the body, and promote self-renewal for cells and tissue in the human body. In another study, scientists found that fasting can assist in oxidation process of fatty acids. In turn, this leads to enhancement within the function and regeneration of intestinal stem cells. The benefits here would primarily include an improvement in homeostasis within the body, as well as improvements in certain conditions and effects that are associated with the aging process. In a study that was led by a team of researchers from the Longevity Institute in Southern California, a breakthrough was made when they discovered certain stem cells could be regenerated through fasting that could potentially assist in the reversal of diabetes. The study found that NGN3-driven beta cells, a specific type of stem cell that is important in producing insulin, which is very important in diabetes. So if you heard what he said, he said that this could be... Uh responsible for reversing diabetes through prayer and fasting. Again, that's not me saying that. It's not my opinion. It's not my feelings. It's not my thought. And it's not my research. I'm just uh, just regurgitating what many, many doctors have been saying. And one thing that I can see that God would not tell us to do something that's going to hurt us or harm us. Does that make sense? God, it's been in the Bible. And they said, um, Gandhi, um, and, you know, I'm not into Buddhists and Hinduism or whatever, but that's not to say that there's no truth in, uh, in any of it. One thing that they said when he was uh, murdered, that they um, analyzed his organs, and they said that his organs through prolonged fasting, I think he fasted like uh, 30 days, 40 days, something crazy. They said his organs were like uh, someone half of his age because of fasting. And, um, and they said that, that it, they couldn't even believe how young his, his internal organs looked as a result of him th fasting. And what these people are saying, again, is that when you fast for uh, three days, um, it, it, it triggers something in your body that releases these stem cells. And these stem cells actually heal your own body. Now, that's in the natural. That's according to the medical. That's according to doctors. That's not even putting the hand of God in the picture as well. So, again, I'm not going to change what I said in the beginning of the class that I'm going to tell people that are diabetic or pregnant or above 80 years old. I'm not going to wave on that. I'm still going to stick to what I said. You go uh, look at a doctor. But there are, you have to know, my here, this is a class to teach. 
uh, teach the information that's out there and that it is saying that fasting um, does reverse uh, diabetes. Um, and I think they're saying that um, they're, they're, you have to figure out what causes diabetes as well in the first place. Um, so it's just interesting. But even aside from that, um, there's just multiple, multiple um, healing aspects. It could be your lungs, your mind. Um, just There's just unlimited benefits of what I'm hearing on fasting. And makes me excited. Amen. How many like to know the benefits of that, what you're doing? Whatever you're doing, you like to hear, is it benefiting you? How is it benefiting you? Why? Diabetes, especially type 1 diabetes, because in type 1 diabetics, they do not produce insulin in the body anymore because of not having any pancreatic beta cells. They found that this could be regenerated and the functionality of the cells could be enhanced by inducing a diet that mimics the effects of fasting. Okay, that was it. How many learned something? Amen. I learned a whole bunch. God is good. Amen. And I even learned how to put a video on the slides slideshow. That's amazing. I didn't even know you could do that. Although it's not, it's not fighting. It's fighting me. But it always does that anyways. Or right, we're gonna have to bypass that. Okay, and that's just talking about the fasting boosters, stem cells, regeneration. Um, we kind of just went over that. Okay, the first point that we have here is um, if fasting wasn't important to our walk with God, Satan would never fight us so hard to try and stop us from fasting. Anyone ever had trouble fasting? Anyone ever try to come to you and tempt you as you were trying to fast? Anyone that never normally comes by and offers you food ever, people that don't even like you, come and offer you food out of nowhere. You know, you, you, it's like Hunger Games when you go on a fast. You see that little bell ringing and that little um, umbrella thing or that, uh, that parachute thing with the little package of food just comes from the sky when you start fasting. Well, why do those things happen? It's, I don't really believe it's a coincidence. And I'm not going to say everyone's the devil that offers you food, you know, but, but I also it's not a coincidence. The devil does not want us fasting. And if it wasn't important, he would not try to fight us so hard um, to try and stop us from fasting. But I'm going to tell you, um, I believe that this fast that I'm doing right now, it, it, it has been very, very easy for me. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I, I already locked my mind. I, once you lock your mind into doing something, it's a lot easier. But if you're kind of on the fence about something and you're not fully committed, then it's a challenge because you're like, well, I might cheat. I might be faithful. I might keep the fast. I might not. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, let's just see what presents itself. You know, if someone comes by with McDonald's, yeah, I'm going to keep to the fast. If they come around the corner with lobster and caviar, the Lord understands. But, you know, when you really lock your mind to something, there's no struggle. Um, if you're married, right, if you're married and you locked your mind that you're going to be faithful to your, your spouse, you're not struggling every time a good-looking person walks by. Why? Because you already made up your mind. Your mind is already locked. You just don't receive it. And so that's how we are to be towards the things of God. Once you set your mind to something, lock it in. Don't even let For me, what I do for coming to church, church, I lock it in. 
It's not even an option. Well, maybe I'll come or I won't come. I have, and, and this is, you know, all glory to God, but this is what God did in my life. And I don't say this to guilt trip anyone or to browbeat anyone or to make anyone feel bad. But what God did in my life um, from the day I got saved, I never missed church. To this day, I've been saved since uh, 2002. Do you believe I have not missed one week of church? One week. Um, that Again, I'm not trying to condemn anyone, guilt tripping. I'm not trying to brag either. I'm just telling you what God did in my life. I locked it in from the day that I got saved. I just would not miss. And um, I, I believe that I don't want to play with God because where God brought me from, I, it's too ugly to go back. Does that make sense? Did, anyone, did God ever bring you somewhere where it's too ugly to go back to where he brought you from, where you just don't want to play around? So the things of God, I, I, I want to commit with my whole heart. So fasting this, this day. And then now I've, I've never had, this is my first corporate fast, other than the time when I fasted with my wife and uh, the, the deacons and the elders. Other than that, that's, this is really my first church corporate fast. So it's 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 one thing when you're fasting alone, but then when you know there's other people fasting with you, it's like there's more momentum. It's like, you know, I got this easily now. So I think when you know other people are with you, backing you, it makes it easier. In Matthew 4, 1, you can see how the devil did not want Jesus to fast. It says, then when Jesus was led up of the spirit into the wilderness, he was tempted of the devil. And it says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So the first thing, the very first attack that Jesus went through with encountering the devil was when he was on a fast. The devil wasn't coming to him before trying to mess with him. It was when he went on a fast. Elder Glenn, when Anthony Warner from Tunapuna, Trinidad, has the devil ever tried to mess with you when he went on a fast? Because he knows that you are a greater threat. We are a greater threat to the devil when we pray and fast. That's why Jesus said this kind come out not but by prayer and fasting. Why? Because our power is amplified in Christ when we pray and fast. And the devil wants to weaken us. He wants to water us down. And the way that he does that is to try to get us to not fast. Either not fast at all or to break your fast. Amen. And you can see this is the pivotal point in the life of Jesus Christ where his ministry uh, started to really take off was through his prayer and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. If you read the following chapters, you can see at the very end of it, it says that they brought many people to Jesus and he healed them all. He did many signs and wonders. He cast out demons. He did all these things. And it was after he went on this prayer and fasting. And then Jesus came around the corner and said, greater things will you do. Connect the dots, folks. Amen. Connect the dots. Fasting prepares our mind and heart and soul to receive the word of God on a deeper level spiritually. 
not saying, not preaching, not teaching. Do not believe that we cannot receive the word of God when we're not fasting. Not saying that, not implying that, not alluding to it. The word of God is so powerful, it says that it will not return back void. What I am saying is there is a greater reception of us personally when we pray and fast. We receive the word of God on a deeper level spiritually. Matthew 4.4, and look at what Jesus was teaching when the devil tried to tempt him with bread to break his fast. It says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. Jesus was teaching that it is not by bread that we live. It's by the word of God that we live. And when we push the bread away and we are homed in on exclusively being fed by the word of God. How many of you know that when the, the, the more hungry you are, the more you appreciate the food, right? If you, you know, Thanksgiving comes around the corner. I used to be a popular person. Believe it or not, I would have people fighting over me to have me over for dinner. I don't know if I made good company, if they liked my jokes. I don't know what it was, but people would invite me over for Thanksgiving, and I would round houses. You know, I'd hit up Lenard's house and with him and his wife, and then I'd swing by Chris's house, and his, him and his family would uh, have me over for dinner. And then other brother Dan, uh, he went home with the Lord, rest his soul. He, went, he would invite me over for uh, dinner over there he'd always give me a $20 bill when he saw me and then he would invite me and then my grandma would guilt trip me you know cut, talk to me with her Italian accent and tell me oh you don't come see me anymore and then I go see grandma and then my mom would say oh you never come over for Thanksgiving now you know and then I would hit over and I would hit but by the time I got to the last I didn't even I don't care how good the food is I'm already full. You see, it's the same way when spiritually we are hungry for God. I believe that when we pray and fast, it makes us more hungry for God. Because even that pain that we choose to reject the food, that pain causes you to keep your focus on the Lord. Let the church say, don't worry, Dick and Frederick. I'm going to save some water for you. Amen. I'm not going to cover all grounds. Amen. I know I'm taking a couple of uh, Deacon scriptures here, but he's got good points. Amen. Jesus fasted for how long? 40 days and 40 nights. Look at this. And the Lord said to Moses, let, let, let me show you my point again. Fasting prepares our mind, our heart, and our soul to receive the word of God on a deeper spiritual level. And the Lord said to Moses, write these words for in accordance with these words. I have made a covenant with you with Israel. And so he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights, just like Jesus. Moses was on the mountaintop fasting the same exact amount of time as Jesus. And he heard from God like no one ever, the same way that Jesus was ministered by the angels on the mountaintop, Moses was ministered by God directly. He heard from God directly. 
He received the Ten Commandments, the Word of God. He received the Ten Commandments that was going to produce a universal law of morality that crosses boundaries of nationalities. It crosses boundaries from religions. People will agree that killing is wrong. He said all these Ten Commandments that we are to live by, that transcends time, from a man on the mountain alone fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he heard from God on a deep level in such a way that it permanently changed the earth. Do you know that God could speak to you on such an intimate level that he uses you to change the earth? I'm not talking about just changing you. I'm not just talking about stem cell regeneration that heals your body. I'm not even talking about just healing your family. I'm not even talking about just healing you as an individual. God can use you to change the earth. And he wrote the tablets. The words of the covenant and the Ten Commandments. Fasting is a way for you to personally, someone say personally. Fasting is a way for you to personally hear from God directly without relying on a third party. Hearing from a third party is great. As God uses me, I am a third party to intervene or intercess the word of God. It is an anointing. It is a calling. It is a gift that God has placed me here to do, to share the word with you as a third party. And I'm doing it happily. And that's great. But I'm telling you, there is no replacement from hearing from, the God, from God speak directly to your soul. Straight from the throne. No intervention. No hand-me-down. No room for interpretation. No room for misinterpretation. No room for anything unadulterated, pure words and communication from the throne room right to your heart. It's not the same, folks, as a third party. We take insurances, right? I'll tell you what, when we have a third party involved on the insurance, you know who suffers? Everyone but the insurance. Because they take more money from the patient, which go they lose more benefits. And the provider who's actually doing the work and the labor to care for the patient loses money. But if you get paid from one insurance to one provider, that means the provider gets paid double the amount and the patient gets double the benefits. God wants to give you direct information. Speak to your mind, your heart, and your soul. And one of the ways he does it, through prayer and fasting. Exodus 34, 29, and I'm almost done. We're going to have Deacon come up in a second here. It says, when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he came down from the mountain. Moses did not know that his skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. 
Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. You see, through his prayer and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he heard from God in such an intimate way that it caused his face to actually change. How many of you know that when you pray and fast, your face will actually change? The glory of God will radiate. Well, pastor, that's not my experience when I pray and fast. It is now. Because I know sometimes when you pray and fast, you could get a little grumpy. Amen? I understand. I'm a witness. Amen? But it is to take us closer to the throne of God. Fasting creates a perpetual circle of denying yourself, which increases self-control, which affects every area of your life. Amen? Fasting creates a perpetual circle of denying yourself, which increases self-control, which affects every area of your life. It takes self-control to fast. And then by fasting, it creates more self-control. You see the wisdom of God? That it, whatever you sow into, you will reap into or reap from. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that which he reap. As you sow into fasting, you will reap from fasting. And as I said before, whatever you give over to the Lord, God will always give over more than what you gave him because he is a God of increase. My name, Joseph, in Hebrew means to add to or to increase. Joseph is a biblical name. Amen. And so when you sow into fasting, it is going to increase your self-control. And that self-control, it applies to every, it, the self-control applies to your tongue, the words that you speak, the thoughts that you entertain, the way that you treat your family and your loved ones. It's going to affect your marriage. It's going to affect your children. It's going to affect your job, your school, the church, your witness with God. It's going to affect the things that tempt you or not going to tempt you the same way that they tempt you had you not prayed and fast. They're not going to affect you the same way. When people try to disrespect you, it's not going to hurt you the same way when you're praying and fasting. Your patience increases. Your fruits of the Spirit will start to increase. I'm going to sit down soon, Deacon. I'm getting excited now. I need to calm down. 1 Corinthians 9.25, it says, Every athlete exercises self-control in how many things? Every athlete increases, exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we, an imperishable... See, the world, when they go to the Olympics, they spend, think of how much suffering the people in the Olympics go through. You look at them figure skaters. Anyone ever watch them figure skaters and they do that triple, I, I forget what you call it, triple beam or something, and they're in the air and they land. They, they put their bodies through brutal subjection. And that's to get a corruptible uh, award 
that is not going to last. See, what we're doing, when we pray and fast, we're, we're going to accumulate eternal rewards that are imperishable. Amen? And then Jesus told his disciples, Jesus told his disciples that if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. But what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory to his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Now, this is not talking about earning or working for salvation. This is talking about rewards after salvation. What are you doing after you receive Christ? What are you doing with the glorious Holy Ghost that God has entrusted? What are you doing with the salvation that Jesus died on the cross? Are you just taking it and burying it under the ground? Or are you using it to the glory of God? And one of the ways that we do that, by taking up our cross and denying our life is through prayer and fasting you see and this is what the church needs to do and this will cause the church to explode spiritually maturely we will grow as a unit as a body of christ the way we should look at it because we actually need fasting if we want to do what the word says he says be ye holy as I am holy, there is no way possible we will ever obtain that without prayer and fasting. It's literally impossible. We will never be righteous. We'll never have a life without sin. We'll never really be free from the bondage of our flesh because that's what fasting is all about. It's about overcoming your flesh because there's bondage. What does fasting do by the raising of your hands? Anybody have any answers? What do you think fasting does, ABC? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Sister Nancy. Anybody else? One more. Going once. Going twice. Sold to Casper. <laughs> so let's get into it. What does fasting do? And I'm actually glad that um, you guys said that because one of the points that I have is, you know, obviously it brings us closer to God. But one of the things that um, I didn't even think about was what you said, you know, that God will because sometimes your mind can be crowded. And if it's anybody that understands that, it would be me. <laughs> My mind are like, oh, it's like in a million different places all at once. And that's something that I really have to, you know, ask God to stop me from doing or <laughs> to, to convict me to stop doing it. Because my mind will be everywhere. But I do notice that whenever I fast and pray or even, you know, whenever I focus on God, all of that confusion, all of that haywire, it just goes away. And God does. He gives you a 
a clear direction of where to go and how to how to go. So let's get into it. What does fasting do? Fasting brings us closer to God and increases our faith. Fasting destroys the work of the enemy over our life. Fasting, and I meant to put fasting praying, but I only put fasting. Fasting destroys the lusts of the flesh and weakens the power of the flesh. Fasting proves God as number one in our life, and it may, or it may cause God to be number one in our life if he wasn't already. And then lastly, fasting teaches you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is really all you need. Amen. And we're going to get into each of these, or maybe almost each of these, I believe each of these, we're going to get into separately and dissect them. So let's look at fasting brings us closer to God and increases our faith tremendously. This is something that I've noticed in my own life and even other people that I've known to fast is not only does it bring us closer to God, because that's that's common sense. We know that that's what that is why we're doing it. That's why we serve God is so that we can be closer to him. But one of the things that's powerful about prayer and fasting is that it increases your faith. In Matthew 17, 20 through 21, it says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Fasting brings us closer to God and increases our faith tremendously. Now, this is the story I brought it up before where Jesus' disciples were trying to cast out a demon that they could not cast out. And Jesus came along and he did it. And they asked, why was it that we um, couldn't cast him out? And this is written in different places in the Bible. This is just another section. They say it a little bit different. But I love this scripture in particular because it talks about faith. They said, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we move this mountain? And one thing we got to recognize is when God says that you will say to this mountain, move here to there and it'll be so, I don't believe that Jesus was talking about a physical, literal mountain. He may have. I'm not ruling that out. I'm not sure. But I don't believe in my mind that he was talking about a physical mountain that we would see in Whatever places they grow. I'm not good with my uh, whatever they're called, geographics. But I believe what it's talking about, because if you think about a mountain, a mountain towers over you. A mountain is way like you, you can't push a mountain. You hardly can climb it. And in fact, you got to go through. You got to train <laughs> very hard to be able to climb up a mountain. And I believe that when Jesus is talking about a mountain, it's because when we, if you were to stand in front of a mountain, it's way bigger than you. It's intimidating. It's scary. If you get on the top of it and you look down, most likely you're going to be terrified. And a lot of times, because we know if we climb over this mountain and we know how high it is, we know when we look down how scary it is, how, how uh, risky it is that we might fall. And a lot of times we choose not to even... Uh, 
we don't even present ourselves or we don't even approach, I'm sorry, we don't even approach the mountain because we're afraid of how big the mountain is. It says fasting gives us the faith to accept challenges we thought was too big for us and the power to overcome that which was once overcoming us. Now look at what he said. He said, you could not do it because of your unbelief. Then he said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, one thing I noticed is he didn't say uh, the faith of the size of a grain of a mustard seed. Because I would always say that in my mind. That's what I always uh, just assumed. Because you look at a mustard seed, you think about the size of it. But he doesn't say if you have the faith, the size of a grain of a mustard seed. It says as. Well, what does any seed do? What does mustard seeds do? They increase. They grow. In fact, they start out tiny. And then by the time it grows, it is actually amazing. You think, how is it possible that this little tiny speck just turned into this big, beautiful plant. So when he says that we should have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that means we should have a faith that should be constantly growing. How will our faith constantly grow if we do not pray and we do not fast? This is why he said, how be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Now I have a quick I have a quick testimony that I want to give you because pastor was asking, what are some of the things? And God has been doing some things. He's been speaking to me throughout this fast. And one of the things he did was um, as I was fasting and I was listening to gospel music, I'm just listening. I'm worshiping the Lord and I'm crying out to him, just just worshiping God, praising him, letting him know how awesome he is. And he spoke to me uh, five different sermons. And I've, getting, I've gotten multiple sermons from God before, and I think the most I've gotten is like three at once. But usually it's one. <laughs> and sometimes it's two, but usually it's one consistently. But God gave me five messages that made me literally look at it and go, wow. And I just, I'm like, wow, thank you, God. But one of the things that God did for me that I really want to talk about is that he gave me a boldness and a courage in a situation that I did not have before. That situation, I'm not going to get too much into it because it's personal, but it involves my baby sister. My baby sister was, um, she was not adopted or kidnapped or anything like that, but we hadn't seen her. When my mom passed away, we hadn't seen her for years. And uh, years went by, we finally saw her here and there, and, and basically uh, people have been trying to keep her away from us. And my family, since my mom passed away, my family has no type of custody of her. So um, we don't have any say. We don't have any authority naturally or legally. So the only thing we can really do uh, naturally is just hope that people are going to be sane and let us talk to our baby sister or see her or both. But if we haven't been able to speak to her, we haven't been able to see her. Just here and there periodically we kind of have. And... Honestly, I put that on the back burner of my mind. It was so big of a mountain for me. Now, I've watched God do uh, all type of miracles in my life. 
But for some reason, that situation to me seemed like a mountain, seemed like something I wouldn't get over. And it, it was I had so little faith in the area in this situation that I just completely put it in the back of my mind. I didn't even think about it anymore. I'm like, I'm not going to let it get me sad or worried or worked up. I'm like, there's nothing I can do. That's what I thought. There's nothing I can do. So why worry about it? And I completely just put it in the back of my head. But God started to bring it back to the front of my head. <laughs> and he said, why is it? Why, why, did you, why did you throw that away? That was my heart's desire. Was not only that she, because I, I want my siblings to be saved. And my sister, she's, she's little. She's like about 10 now. So her mind is really impressionable. And I'm like, you know, I want to make sure she's saved. I want her to be on fire for the Lord. And I want God to save her father as well. And God was speaking to me and showing me, why did you give up on that desire? Why did you stop praying about it? Why didn't you seek me? Why didn't you fast about it? And it was because, if I be honest with you, it's because I did not believe that God could work it out. Now, I can try to make an excuse and say blah, blah, but no, I got to just be honest. If I think about it, there's no other logical reason that makes any sense. I did not believe 100% that God could work that out. But through my prayer and my fasting, hallelujah, I, God just laid a boldness and a faith on me in that particular situation. And it's no longer in the back of my mind. It's no longer something that I'm thinking, oh, or whatever. No, I know the Lord is going to work it out. I can, I can speak by faith and boldness that God is going to work it out. And she will be saved and her father will be saved in Jesus' name. Now, how he's going to work it out, I don't know. But I know that he will. Why? Because he's done way too much for me in my life for me to doubt him now. But that's one of the things prayer and fasting will do will, is it will actually, you will, you will be dead. There will be places in your life that died that will literally come back to life. There will be situations, family members that you gave up hope on. And that hope will be resurrected through your prayer and your fasting. And it's not for no reason. God is not going to fill you with hope for something just to not perform it. But it's for a reason. Amen. It says in Luke 4, verses 1 through 4. Now this is about fasting destroys the lusts of the flesh and weakens the power of the flesh over our life. And fasting destroys the work of the enemy over our life. It says in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when he were ended, or when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone be made bread. And Jesus said unto him, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, one thing I want to point out is the timing of what Jesus said, because it would have been easy for Jesus to say this before he had ever fasted. Jesus, if the devil came to Jesus and tried to tempt him, say, command the stone be made bread. It had been very easy to say man shall live by uh, or man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that preceded. Him. But he said it. When he was hungry, he said it after he had been hungry for 40 or after he had been fasting for 40 days and 
40 nights. Now notice something. When it says that he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, it says he afterward hungered. Didn't even say he was hungry while he was fasting. It says afterward, which means he didn't even feel hungry until he ended his fast. And you got to wonder, why is it? Because it, he was wearing flesh just like us. Why didn't he feel hungry? That's 40 days and 40 nights. Sheesh. But it was because God was blocking the power or God was rebuking the power of his flesh. See, your flesh will have power over you of some sort. But the more you fast and you pray before the Lord, it's like your flesh loses authority over you. And it no longer has the ability to just tell you what to do when you do it. In fact, you will have the power to tell your flesh, uh, shut up. I don't care if you're hurting right now. You'll be able to tell your flesh, I don't care if you're lustful right now. I don't care what type of urges you got right. And, it, and it, it's like what Pastor said. It'll bleed out into every area of your life, all because you chose to pray and fast before God. Jesus was able to completely reject the enemy. And the enemy didn't stop there. He tried to tempt him time and time again with different stuff. He brought him into exceeding high mountain. And Jesus had the power and the authority to say no. Now, you may take that for granted and think, oh, it's Jesus. But you need to be able to say no to the devil, too. And one of the, the most powerful ways to be able to do that is through prayer and fasting. How does fasting prove that God is number one in our life? Or how can fasting cause God to be number one in our life? One of the things I did, one of the sports I played was uh, wrestling. Um, the reason I bring it up, because my coach would actually call it a lifestyle. He was the first coach I ever heard talk about the, a sport as a lifestyle. But when he explained it, it, makes, it made perfect sense. And he would tell us, this thing that y'all doing, this wrestling, is not just a sport. It's not just an activity. It is a lifestyle. It needs to be the most important thing in your life if you want to succeed. Now, if you don't want if you want to lose every match, then just be nonchalant about it. But he said, if you want to win, this needs to be the most important thing in your life. What do we mean by lifestyle? Well, boxers, all type of people that are athletics, they live an athletic lifestyle. They are not an athlete on the day that they perform and then a non-athlete all the other days. No, they live their life. As an athlete, they have to eat certain foods. They have to stay away from certain foods. They have to exercise certain muscles for certain amounts of time. They live their life according to what they are. And they actually dedicate themselves. They make sacrifices because whatever that sport is, it's the number one thing in their life. So when we fast for God, because there's one thing to pray. We, we, we supposed to be praying every day, all day anyway. 
We're supposed to be praying without ceasing. And it doesn't take as much faith to pray than it does to fast. Because when you're praying, you're asking, you're, you're communicating with God. But when you're fasting, you're actually denying yourself. When you put the two together, it's like taking one bomb and another bomb and then combining it together to make a super bomb. <laughs> but you will only really choose to fast, especially for an extended amount of time, if God is number one in your life. Why would, why, would you, why would you purposely not eat, cause your stomach pain on purpose, and choose suffering if God wasn't number one in your life? And sometimes we may step out into fasting and God may not be number one in our life, and it can actually cause him to be because we will start to see the glory of God. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 18, I believe I separated these. No, I did not. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 18 through 21, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. Now look at what verse 19 says. It says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doeth corrupt, and thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven whether, uh, where, there, where neither moth nor rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So that simply means that if God is your treasure, if heaven is your treasure, then you will be doing all that you possibly can to make sure that you make it in. Just like an athlete, they do all they, they not training for no reason. They're training because they want to guarantee. They don't want to guess. They don't want to get in the match and think, oh, I might win or I might not. No, they want to make it so that in their mind, they're completely convinced, 100% confident that they are going to win. In fact, when I wrestled, I could not even win until I did that. I lost my first five wrestling matches in a row, back to back, humiliatingly. I lost all of them, all because of my mindset. My, I was prepared physically. I was wrestling people that was double my size um, in practice and then going on a match to people that was my size. So that should, that, once I got my mind right, it was cake. I never lost a match ever after those five matches that I lost in a row. Why? Because after I lost, I realized that it was because of my mind. So I went back and I trained more and I said, you know what? I know these people can't beat me because I was wrestling people double my size. And when they were wrestling, they were wrestling, practicing against people their own weight and their own size. So I was convinced already. I'm like, man, he ain't even been going through what I'm going through. I'm going to mop him. And every time, literally in my mind, I would think that, I would go out there and I would just whoop on my opponent with ease, all because of my mindset. But that was because that was where my treasure was. If we have the same mindset towards heaven, I don't care how much I got to work out. <laughs> I don't care how much I got to sacrifice, what I got to push aside. See, because 
in order for us to win in sports, when I was wrestling, people had to go on diets because they had to make their weight class. And they didn't care what it took. We should be the same way when it comes to heaven. And that is the reason why we fast and we pray is because we are desperate for God and we are desperate to make it into his kingdom. It says in Joel chapter 2, verse 12 through 15, Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart, not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and repented him of the evil who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the, the lord your god blow the trumpet in zion sanctify a fast call a solemn assembly this may be my last point for today, depending on how fast or slow I get through it. <laughs> Fasting teaches you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is really all that you need. It says in Psalm chapter 34, verses 7 through 10, and the angel of the Lord and camped round about them that fear him and delivered them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing this is one of my favorite scriptures because it says oh taste and see that the lord is good and that's something i always think about because i would always say that if the people of this world the sinners of this world if they were to just give god one chance that's all it takes if they were to just taste his goodness his glory they would not want to go back to the life they live but fasting teaches you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is really all you need. One thing I've recognized through my fasting and my prayers, supplications to God, is that it starts to condition your mind. Things that we watch on TV, it conditions our mind. Whether we recognize it or not, it does. If you, things we see condition our mind. I can get you to pick something. I can, I can literally, and because I've seen this in studies, I can ask you to pick a number one through five or one through ten, and I could actually set up your full day to where you see a specific number all day. And you don't realize you keep seeing this number. Let's say it's five. And you keep seeing five. You see it when you get up. You see it when you go to work. You see it when you leave work. You see a billboard that says five. You see a truck come past that says five. And then out of nowhere, if I asked you, choose a number one through ten, most likely 99% you're going to say five because your mind has been conditioned because you keep seeing it over and over again. And one thing I recognize is that when we fast and we pray, it's not like we're just 
doing it for an hour. We we we're doing it for days. If not days, you're doing it for at least a day. When you do that, that time period that you're taking spending with God, you're conditioning your mind because everything else is not there. There's no distractions. There's nobody else talking to you. The devil has no room to tempt you to try to uh, do anything except for to break your fast. But when your mind is strategically on God for an extended mind amount of time, it conditions your mind a certain way. How does it condition your mind? Well, you start to realize that God is all you need. Because when you block out everything, you're not eating, you're not watching uh, television, you're praying, you're worshiping the Lord, you're listening to gospel music, you're reading the word of God, you're spending time with God. And as you do that, you are literally conditioning your mind to know that everything you need is actually in the Lord. Everything you need is in the Lord. And by the time you come out of that fast, your mind is now conditioned to know that, to live that way. And now every time you go back to fast, it becomes easier and easier. It says in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Even where in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And that, that is what the Lord did for me so far through my fasting is that he's put this, this verse 13, he's put that and rid it on the tables of my heart, that I truly believe I can do all things through Christ. Why? Why do I have that boldness? Why do I have that fire? Why do I have that confidence? It's because I spent that time with God. I prayed and I fasted. And when you do that, it will teach you that God is all you need to overcome anything. Anything. It does not matter what the devil tries to present before you. You will have the boldness, and that's all you're missing. The power of God is not missing. The word of God is not missing. Pastor said it will not return unto him void. It's not that God's power is not present in your life. It's just that there may not be faith that's present. But when you fast and you pray and you put your confidence in God, it's no longer in your wallet. It's no longer your confidence, your security, your emotions is not no longer dictated by the things you have, by the way things are going in this life. You will start to be powerful. You will start to be powerful. Amen. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> but God is so good. And I think it's an amazing thing that that he increases us while we're fasting because we already have gifts. We already have some faith and all that. But God is actually increasing us. And that is what it's about. That's why we encourage everybody to fast along with us, because we don't want to just grow. We want to see the whole church grow. We want to see you go into your family's house, laying hands on them and casting the devil out. We want you 
inviting them to church and them saying, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, immediately. We want to see God work through you, not just through the pastor, not just through the pastor's wife, not just through the authorities of the church, but we want to see God do a great work in every last one of you, everyone, even ones that may not have came to every, every uh, class, all four. But we want to see the Lord work in your life. Amen. Strongsville Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon.